Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. Pleading the blood has been around since uh, you could go back years and years, but if you just want to go back a few years, uh, back to the origin uh, in Pentecostal circles. And the concept of pleading the blood of Jesus has its roots there. And in fact, it will probably be looked on as one of their traditions and one of those traditions that, that is necessary and important to continue to uphold. I grew up with it and I heard my dad many, many times say, I plead the blood, I plead the blood. Now, when you begin to read some of the older books that give historical accounts of the early Pentecost in the early 1900s, you'll find it, it all through those early books. Welcome to Rama for Today. Ken Hagen starts a new teaching entitled Plead the Blood. Find out more next on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Ken Hagen for today's message. I am going to talk about something that I've heard people ask, well, why do you do that? Or why do you say that? How many of you have ever heard the term, I plead the blood? And many people, like myself, grew up with it. But some of the people today, uh, they hear it, but they don't know what's going on. So I'm going to try to try to explain it today, if I can. This is actually, as far as I'm concerned, a part of the blood covenant. And I'm going to do a series on the blood covenant pretty soon. I'm also going to do a series on the Holy Spirit. Because I think, I think we need to understand that sometimes we are not given the reverence to the Holy Spirit that we should give. Now, as, as, as I grew up in the Pentecostal circles, we were taught reverence and not to grieve the Holy Spirit. The only, the only sin that you cannot be forgiven of is grieving the Holy Spirit. It's what it says in the Bible. And that's very, it's very hard to do. So, and the problem is there, the devil uses that on a lot of people to try to tell them that they've committed the unpardonable sin, but they haven't. That's just the devil's lie. All right. Turn to Exodus 12, verse four, uh, 13, and I'm going to read the New King James NLT and uh, of that. And then we're going to turn over to Leviticus 8.30, and I'm going to read the New King James and the message on that. Exodus 12.13 and Leviticus 8.30. You can look up both of them and then hold your finger there. You can turn there easily. Is everybody ready? Okay. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the house where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. That's, now, that's the New King James, now the NLT. But the blood on your doorpost will be a, 
serve as a sign marking the house where you're staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. Now go to Leviticus 8.30. Then Moses took some of the anointing oil and some of the blood which was on the altar and sprinkled it on Aaron and on his garments and on his sons and on the garments of his sons with him. And he consecrated Aaron and his garments, his son, uh, and his son's garments and his sons with him. Now, in the message it says, Then Moses took some of the anointing oil and some of the blood from the altar and sprinkled Aaron and his garments and his son in their garments, consecrating Aaron and his garments and his son in their garments. Now, here in the first place, there was blood was applied as protection. In the second one, blood and the anointing all together were used for consecration. Now, the, probably this is the, the origin of pleading the blood has been around since uh, you could go back years and years, but if you just want to go back a few years, uh, back to the origin uh, in Pentecostal circles. And the concept of pleading the blood of Jesus has its roots there. And in fact, it would probably be looked on as one of their traditions and one of those traditions that, that is necessary and important to continue to uphold. I grew up with it and I heard my dad many, many times say, I plead the blood, I plead the blood. Now, when you begin to read some of the older books that give historical accounts of the early Pentecost in the early 1900s, you'll find it, it all through those early books. Now, one such, one such book is the Azusa Street Mission and Revival, the birth of the global Pentecostal movement. And uh, there are stories told there that where William Seymour they would come and pray for their healing, they would ask them to come and he would plead the blood and they'd be healed and they would also receive the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues. Now, the blood of Jesus is a counter agent to all that the devil is trying to do to us. Remember, it's the blood that the devil's afraid of because it was the blood that was spilled on Calvary's hill when Christ died upon the cross. If you'll go back, you remember in the children of Israel in the Old Testament, they had to have the blood sacrifice of the lamb every year and it was applied to them as a covering for sin. But you see, the last blood sacrifice was the blood of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, that died on Calvary. And that blood was spilled, not for the covering of sin, but for the remission of sin. See, that. And that's a once and for all deal as long as you live in line with the Word of God and, and so forth. You, you can't live like you want to You've got and still be free from sin. You've got to live according to the Word of God. 
You know, uh, <clears throat> pleading the blood needs to be an active part of our confession. Now, you may have heard it this way in the charismatic circles. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. How many have ever heard that one? It's the, it's the same thing as pleading the blood. Now, we need to claim the blood in, to be involved in every aspect of our life because we say it many times. We used to sing a song all the time when I was growing up, power, there's power in the blood. And we've heard that. Now, when you accepted salvation through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it was applied to your life, then to bleed the blood, to bleed, to plead the blood means that you are calling on the power in the blood or of the blood. Now, it is, it's a covering. You see, remember there in Exodus 12, 13, the blood on your doorpost is a sign marking the house where you're staying. See, there, the, the blood covered the children of Israel and protected them from the plague. This is what pleading the blood does for us. It tells the devil that we are a child of God, that we are protected through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it, it is the same as putting up a no trespassing sign. Telling him, you can't come here. You don't have any authority here. We need to cover every aspect of our life by pleading the blood of Jesus. Uh, look at this, Revelation 12, 11. Now, I'm going to go to a lot of scripture today. Revelation 12, 11, I'm going to read this in three different translations, New King James, NLT, and the message. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. And NLT says, and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by, the tes and by their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. The message says they defeated him through the blood of the lamb and the bold word of their witness. They weren't, they weren't in love with themselves. They were willing to die for Christ. We plead the blood because our accuser, Satan himself, is always coming against us. Now, it says that they overcome, they defeated the accuser by the blood of the lamb and their testimony. So we plead the blood and we live a life that has a testimony to the power of God through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ on Calvary's hill on the cross. You know, you hear me say it this way all the time. Jesus built a bridge between heaven and earth with three nails and two boards. It was a cross that he was nailed to. 
He became the bridge where mankind could pass from sin and degradation to the heavenlies of heaven. They could from here to here. From rejection to redemption. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. If you'd like to find more life-changing resources, then visit rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Right now, I want to tell you about this month's special offer, the Believer's Authority Curriculum. In this package, there is the Believer's Authority Study Book, the four CDs, the Believer's Authority, the CD set, Reigning in Life as a King, and the book, the Believer's Authority Legacy Edition by Kenneth E. Hagan. All this for the special price of $59.95. This is over $25 off the retail price. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. And we're also excited about Rama Bible Church, Broken Era. Oh, yes. Oklahoma and Rama Bible Church, uh, Oklahoma City. Yes. And so if you're in the areas here, come and visit us at Rama Bible Church here in Broken Era. We have services on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, but they're also live streamed. Yes. And so you can live streamed on TV or go, just go to Rama.org and you can find us there. Uh, there. And uh, so. Uh, you know, and, and listen. <laughs> Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's toll free. 1-888-FAITH-99. Tomorrow, Ken Hagen will continue his message, Plead the Blood, here on Rama for Today Radio with Ken and Lynette Hagen.